The sermon that you're about to listen to can be found at newfoundfaith.org. Be sure to take a moment to go there and subscribe for email notifications so that you never miss a sermon. Sermons are shared every Sunday by 4 p.m. Eastern. This week's Sermon Thought, When Life Seems Unfair. The responsive reading for this week's sermon comes from the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, starting at the 10th verse and going through the 18th verse, with the key verse being the 11th verse. Be sure to pause this audio now so that you can read over scripture for today's sermon. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to share this week's sermon with someone, somewhere. that many have come to accept and to believe that we will see here in our key verse for this week's message. This view of life we will see, it may ring true on some notes, but it ends up being one that is quite out of tune on several other notes. Have you ever heard it said, or maybe you have even thought this to yourself, that life seems unfair. Of course, we have all thought at some point in our lives that life seems unfair. For example, when we have put all of our heart and our efforts into something, and it seems that all of our hard work was not rewarded, we will then mutter those familiar words. We will think to ourselves, how unfair that is for us. If we were to then turn around and to see someone put very little effort into something, yet their little effort is rewarded, you know good and well that we are going to grumble and we are going to say to ourselves, that's not fair. So we would be lying to ourselves if we were to say that we do not have moments where we think to ourselves that life seems unfair. We would be a big liar. In our key verse for this week's message, we will see Solomon. He takes a look at this view of life. He takes a look at this doctrine that boils down to life being all about time and chance. To be rewarded, Solomon essentially says there, it boils down to whether you are lucky or not. Do you believe in luck today? In our key verse, we'll see Solomon state that the race is not to the swift. If you ever watch runners run in a race, or if you ever watch cars as they drive laps around a track, or if they are driving in a sprint race, then you know there is certainly some truth to this notion. The fastest runner does not always win in a race, nor does the fastest vehicle always win in a race. You see, there are times where the fastest runner may get disqualified before the race even happens. There are times where the fastest runner may pull up lame during the race and is unable to even complete the race, meaning that they can't possibly win win the race. There are other times where the fastest runner may stumble out of the blocks, 
which could again hinder them from winning a race. So there are, in other words, no certain guarantees there that the fastest or the swiftest runner will win a race. In that same verse, we will see that Solomon stated that the battle is not always to the strong. This again is to say that there is no certainty that the strongest fighter is always going to win in a fight. The biggest army is not always going to necessarily win in a battle, if you will. David and Goliath, I believe that they are the prime examples of this actually being the case where we see in scripture that a giant fell to a man, a young man whose dad did not even believe he had the stature, the makeup to even be a king. So giants, mighty people, they can be toppled in battle by those who are perceived, who we may say or think are the underdogs. And everybody loves a good underdog, don't they? Lastly, in our key verse, we see that Solomon would go on to say that the wise do not always get bread. We will see Solomon say there, nor do men of understanding always get riches. Solomon, he even says there that men of skill do not always find favor. Imagine that. As I just said a few moments ago, many people, they have put forth a lot of hard work and effort that does not get paid off. Many people, they made their way through school, but sadly, they struggle mightily to end up landing a job in their career field of choice. You know, there is a familiar saying that I imagine all of us have heard said before. It's not about what you know, but who you know. That speaks about time and chance, doesn't it? It speaks about needing to have some luck, needing to have some things go your way, time and chance. Now, if you choose to live by this doctrine of luck, I would say to you today that it is one that to me, it is very bleak. It to me is one that is hopeless. And quite frankly, it is one to me, it is a doctrine that is very depressing. Some would be left wondering what would be the purpose of all of their hard work if there is no rewards for their efforts. Some would wonder what would be the purpose of them training to be the best or to be better if they can't win a prize in their competition? And then others, they would wonder, or there are others that simply do wonder, what would even be the point? They would be left viewing life as being completely pointless. And again, I tell you, that is very bleak, that is very hopeless, and that is, again, very depressing. Yet many people 
live with this thought in mind about life. Life seems unfair. And again, I tell you that that is very depressing to me. On this notion that life would be pointless, in that 12th verse there, in the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, we would see Solomon state that those who have this outlook on life, they would end up feeling like they are a fish that are caught up in a net. In other words, they would feel helpless like a fish caught up in a net. This notion Solomon concluded was an evil view of life. We will see there. So I feel that we need to consider this for a moment. We need to consider why Solomon believes that this notion of time and chance, we need to see why Solomon feels that it is an evil view of life. Why is this an evil view of life? Why is feeling like life is unfair an evil notion, if you will? Now, the fish that is caught up in a net by time and chance, if you will, it is a fish that eventually gives up hope. A fish in a net it eventually surrenders to its fate. For us to be as a fish caught up in a net would be us giving up our hope in life. We surrender because things may not be going the way that we desire for them to go. And because things aren't going the way that we want them to go, we'll throw up our hands in the air and we'll say, that is enough. I give up. I used to get on my niece about this. She would play a video game. And when the video game was too hard, she'd say, Moot, come help me. Or she would put the control down. And I would tell, I would tell court, don't give up. Keep playing the game. Keep on going. You see, many people, they end up suffering and they end up grieving in their soul today because, again, life leaves them feeling like they are powerless. It is just that unfair to them. Do you feel powerless today? There's a certain philosophy, a doctrine of fatalism, which speaks to how some events are fixed in advance so that we are powerless. We are helpless to change them. This philosophy concludes that by time and chance, some things are inevitable and trying to find a solution in those times is futile. It is pointless. And so I began to wonder today in this world that we live in, are we truly powerless? Are we truly powerless in life? Are we that helpless? Are we that hopeless? If you will. Personally, I tell you today that I cannot live with such frame of mind. I cannot live with that kind of mindset. I can't live in that mindset because I tell you today that I am not powerless in this life that I am living in. 
You see, though life seems unfair, I tell you today that I have hope that I can make it. I have hope that I will be able to succeed in life. Do you share that same kind of hope today? I tell you today that I am not like a fish that is caught up in a net. You see, no, I am that fish that can fight out of the net. I am that fish that can break free of that net today. Are you that kind of fish? My encouragement for you today is this. You are not like a fish that is caught up in a net. You are not powerless, nor are you helpless. And I tell you today that you are certainly not hopeless in your life. Life, it may seem unfair to you today, but I tell you that there is a hope and that there is a future for you. Do you believe that? You see, the reason why there is a hope, the reason why there is a future for you today is because the Lord has said so. God has said that there is a future. God has said that there is a hope for all of you who are here today and for all of you who may be watching and for all of you who may be listening. There is a future and there is a hope for you because God has said that he knows exactly what he is doing for you. God says that he knows the work that he is doing for you and that work is to give you peace, a future and a hope. Do you believe in the work that God is doing for you in your life? Or will you continue, will you continue to choose to believe that life seems or life is unfair? Rather than dwelling on that bleak, and that negative view of life, we'll see that Solomon chose to give hope by speaking of a doctrine that gives us hope. Now, I want to share this doctrine with you today because life, regardless of what you may think, life, it is still a gift that is given to us by God. Because life is a gift that is given to us by God, we must combat that form of acceptance and that form of contentment that leads to a defeated, a broken, and a hopeless soul. Let us know today that our soul is not meant to dwell in such a defeated and hopeless condition. Your soul is not meant to be broken apart. Scripture it is filled with exhortations to the believer so that we continue to move forward, so that we continue to push forward in faith, so that we do not lose heart when things may not be going our way. In the book of Isaiah, through the prophet, we will recall that God encouraged us believers to not grow weary, to not grow tired, but to wait on him so that our strength can be renewed and so that we do not faint along the way. 
In his letter to the Galatians, Paul encouraged believers to again, not grow weary in doing good because in due season, we will reap our reward of everlasting life. The writer of the book of Hebrews exhorted and encouraged us to look to Christ and how he persevered in all hostility that he faced so that we again do not become weary and discouraged in our soul, in all that we go through, in all that we face in life. Even again, when life may seem unfair, when things may not be going our way. The truth of the matter is that all of us, all of us are going to go through some things. All of us are going to go through some things in life. We can't avoid it. Yet in all of those things that may seem unfair to us, we must have strength. We must have the strength to be able to endure, to be able to push forward and to be able to persevere so that we can reap that reward that the Lord has for us. Now here in the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, specifically looking there from the 14th through the 18th verse, we'll see Solomon. He begins to speak a parable here. And he speaks this parable in order to give the hopeless a new doctrine, a doctrine of hope to therefore live by. Solomon, with his great wisdom, he opened up the parable there in the 14th verse by speaking of a little city. And, and we'll see there in the 14th verse that that little city, it had been besieged. In other words, it had been surrounded and we are told there it had been surrounded by a great king. So therefore it was surrounded by a great king and his army. No one man can surround a whole city. Therefore the great king had to have a great army that besieged that surrounded this little city. Now there are a few things we will see represented here in this parable that I do want to share with you all here today. The first thing that we see right away immediately here is this little city, which because it was a little city, it must not have had many people in it. I would suggest to you that the little city was filled with people that would be representative of all of us living in the world today. All of us specifically, especially uh, as believers. Now on the outside of the city, there was that great King who I want you to understand was ready to conquer, was ready to possess this little city. Now I would suggest to you that this great King and his army, they are very familiar to us. They are representative of an enemy who we know very well. This great king and his army are representative of Satan and his army. Those enemies that you and I face that are both spiritual and physical, if you will. Now, with that in mind, let us take a moment here to examine the circumstances here that the people in this city, 
that they were facing here. The people of the city were again surrounded and we could tell that they were surrounded by uh, incredible force, by incredible danger. We would say that they were in a hopeless situation, wouldn't we? They were, if you will, since we've been talking about it today, they were like a fish caught up in a net. If the people tried to leave the city, they had nowhere to go. If they got outside of the city, they surely would have been killed or they would have been captured by that great king and his army. Then all those who were remaining in the city, they again would have been killed or they would have been captured by that great king and his army. So again, they were in a hopeless situation. How unfair was this for them? It would seem that they were in an unfair position, wouldn't it? Because this city was a little city, it was very likely that the people here of this city did not have the kind of wealth that the great king had acquired. Since this city was a little city, it was also very likely that if the people there did have an army, if there was an army of this city, it would have most likely stood no chance, no match for the great king and his army. Really, all the people of this city had was themselves and their loved ones. You know, when you think about this today, having yourself and your loved ones, it's just not enough for some folks, is it? No, that means a lot to me, but for a lot of others, that just ain't enough. This great king, I believe, was one of those people. This great king, on the other hand, he was most likely enjoying all of his great wealth, but I don't think he was enjoying it enough. This great king, he come upon this little city and he seen it and he was like a little kid with a brand new toy. I have to have it. You know, when you were a little kid and you went into the store, the store, you seen the toys on the shelf, you know, you had a bunch of toys at home. Uh, you know, Andrew, those toys wasn't enough. We had to get another toy, you know. That's what this great king was like. The great king, he had acquired much wealth through his conquests, as many great kings had did during the days of Solomon. You see, in those times, kings, they were never truly satisfied with the kingdom that they had built up. They had to gain even more. They had to go out and they had to conquer more places, more cities, as it was a sign of their strength. It was a sign of their power. So this great king, I want you to understand, this great king was being greedy. In his desire to conquer this little city. So the people... Again, I would say to you today, they were certainly in an unfair position. In our world today, the unfair thing that we often see is that it seems the richer only gets richer. But the poor seemingly only gets poor. Then all those in need, poor them. Because all those who are in terrible need, they rarely get the help that they need. 
again, many people see this happening in our world today and are disgusted at how unfair life seems to be. As hopeless as things appeared in this little city, we'll see there once we get to the 15th verse that Solomon, he speaks of one in the city that had hope. We'll see Solomon, he speaks of a poor wise man who was there in the city. Because this poor wise man held on to hope, we'll see that this poor wise man he became hope for the city. Mm-hmm. Now, this poor wise man is representative of someone. And I would liken this poor wise man to being representative of Christ himself. Jesus, I will remind you by all means, was poor according to worldly definitions. Mm-hmm. You see, Jesus, he came from parents that had little to nothing. And Jesus, he certainly did not acquire much wealth while he was in the world. In this parable, Solomon tells us that this poor wise man was led by wisdom. And by wisdom was able to deliver this little city from the great king. Well, others were hopeless because it seemed that time and chance had led to an inevitable situation. It had led to an inevitable defeat for them. This poor wise man said to them, I have hope. Hope that we can make it. And in that hope, in that wisdom, we're told there in scripture that the little city, and the people that was in that little city, that they were delivered. They were delivered of the great king. They were delivered of that army. So what was this wisdom that inspired hope in a situation that seemed like it was inevitable defeat? What was this wisdom that inspired hope and then delivered a people, delivered a little city from the hands of this great king? I think we need to know what this wisdom is today. And I think that there are many people in the world today that are living that needs to know what this wisdom is so that they can obtain it and so that they can live in it and move by it as well. Let us understand that when Solomon spoke about wisdom, he always spoke of wisdom coming and being from the Lord. So what this means for the poor man was that it was God's wisdom that inspired hope in him. And therefore it was God's wisdom, not the poor man's wisdom, It was God's wisdom that led to the city's deliverance from the great king. God's wisdom did that. Do you see that there? Now, Christ dwelt in this world and inspired hope in our world. This is the same hope that should inspire you in this world that we live in today. The hope of the Lord the hope of Christ himself, 
The doctrine of hope in the Lord is what will keep you encouraged. The doctrine of hope in the Lord, I tell you today, that is what will keep you pushing ahead regardless of how unfair things may seem to be in your life today. It is that doctrine of hope that will deliver you from the hands of that great king and his army. When trouble is on your every side, it is that doctrine of hope in God's wisdom that will lead you forward. Again, let us consider Solomon's parable here. The great king and his army in this parable, they likely have far greater numbers again. They likely have far greater wealth again, and therefore they likely have far superior weaponry compared to all those who are in that little city. Yet the most fascinating part here of Solomon's parable here is that he does not speak about how or what the people in the little city did in order to have victory over the great king and his army. How do you think that they were able to be delivered from that great king and his army? You see, what this signifies to me is that the Lord must have had a helping hand. What this signifies to me is that God must have stepped in and that it was God that gave the little sick, the little city, the victory. We say that life seems unfair to us, but do you realize how often the Lord intercedes on your behalf today? Do you realize how often the Lord intercedes on your behalf and how often he gives to you the victory against the great king and his army. Do you realize that today? Yet we say life seems unfair. We talk about life being unfair. I want you to realize how unfair it is for our enemies. Because you see, our enemies, they don't realize that we have God on our side. They can have all the weaponry that they want, but we have the almighty on our side. We have the almighty going before us. And as we saw all of last month, we have the almighty watching over us. We have the almighty being our rear guard as well. And yet we say life is unfair. Do you realize how unfair the enemies have it? And they are the ones that's trying to defeat you, trying to have victory. And yet our enemies don't realize that they are going up against God, the creator of all things known and unknown. And they actually think that they could beat God. Do you realize how unfair our enemies have it? You see, no matter what kind of army your enemies can muster up against you, I tell you today that that army, it cannot stand up against God. Not only can no army of man stand up against the Lord, but as shown to us in scripture, Satan and his army cannot stand up against God as well. Mm -hmm. 
as the writer of Hebrews said, we look to the Lord and the example shown to us in Christ. We can persevere in life. Even when we are outnumbered, even when we feel like we are outmatched as the proverb says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Rich, we should understand, is not speaking about being rich in worldly riches, but being happy, but being content in our soul because of all that God has done for us, because of all that God has brought us through, because of all that God has delivered us from. You see, in the wealth of God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's what Paul said. You see, I want you to understand today, though life may seem unfair, we stand mightier than any man through our hope and through our wisdom in God. You stand mightier than anyone. Solomon concluded his parable by showing us there in the 16th and in the 18th verse that true wisdom in God can beat whatever life throws at us. Again, even when life seems unfair, wisdom in God can beat what seems unfair to us. No, the race does not go to the swift. It goes to those whose hope is in the Lord. Did you hear that there? The battle is not to the strong, but to again, those whose hope is in the Lord. Did you understand that there? There again, we'll see Solomon said that wisdom from the Lord is better than strength. And that wisdom in the Lord is better than weapons of war. Look at that. I want you all to highlight and underline that in your Bibles. I know that we don't turn to the book of Ecclesiastes often, but when you turn there the next time you look at the 19th, the ninth chapter there of Ecclesiastes and you look at this scripture, I hope that those verses are highlighted for you. Because the wisdom of the Lord, it is something else. It is mighty. The wisdom of the Lord can do something for you. All of us and all of our weapons that, that make mankind feel like we're something, you know, having nuclear weapons, atomic bombs and whatnot. Solomon said that the wisdom of the Lord is better than weapons of war. The wisdom of the Lord will lead to victory when life seems unfair. You see, we are nowhere close to being as outmatched or out, as outnumbered as we think we are. What you understand today that the deck is not uh, as stacked against you as you may think it is. All of us get into the habit of thinking that the deck is stacked against us, but the deck is not as stacked against us as we like to believe it is. Because again, we have God on our side. Our doubt and our blurred outlook on life can often lead us to being like a fish caught up in a net. Stop letting that happen. 
The riches of God are many. And I tell you today that those riches, again, should we choose to lean on them as those who like to lean on worldly riches, yet those worldly riches, they fail. When we lean on the riches of God, they can bring us a long, long way and we will have the victory. When we study ourselves and when we lean on our hope in the Lord, I tell you today, when it seems like things won't turn around, they certainly will turn around for all of us. When you lean on the Lord and when you think things aren't going your way, I tell you again today that things will turn around for you. When life seems unfair, we'll see that Solomon encourages us by saying that God is our hope. Do you understand that God is your hope today? Do you understand today that the Lord will turn things around for you today? When things are not going your way, God declared through the prophet Isaiah that he will make crooked places straight. Do you understand that today? And do you believe that today? I hope that you are leaning on that today instead of that negative, bleak and depressing outlook on life. Have an outlook on life that has hope that leaves hope in your heart to where God says, Hey, yeah, that road may be crooked for you right now, but let me straighten it out for you. Believe that God will straighten that road out for you and that God will make a way out of no way for you. Believe in that today. You feel like you are like a fish caught up in a net. Again, Solomon said that you do not have to give up. Solomon said that you don't have to surrender to that net as God will break you free from that net. That is how I break free from the net. I lean on God. I don't break free by my own might. It is the Lord that delivers me. Consider all the negative things that you and I are surrounded by and all the negative things that we can face in life. Issues with our personal health. The things that our loved ones, that we watch them go through. The loss of loved ones. The endless heartaches and burdens that continue to seemingly stack up one after another. You see, we really do go through some things in life. Yet in all that you and I have gone through in life, look at all that we have made it through. Look at all that you and I have overcome. Yes, we are hard pressed on every side, but yet we are still not destroyed. And I tell you today that you will not be destroyed by life. You see, we are not destroyed because though life seems unfair, God is not going to let life destroy you. He's not going to let life destroy his children. Let us remember that old familiar scripture from Paul's writing to the Romans that says all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. Let us not worry about how swiftly others may be running their race because that's their race to run. 
They have their own race to run. We have our own race to run. God will bring you through your race, but just be sure that you are leaning on him, that you are depending on him. In other words, just be sure that you are running your race wisely. See, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. And so long as you depend on him, you will be replenished during your race and you will make it to the finish line. I want you to know that you are going to overcome. And I want you to know today that you will reach the blessing that the Lord has promised to you. If it is a battle that you find yourself having to go through, to reach that blessing, I want you to again understand today that God is going to deliver the victory to you. You are going to make it through that battle. You are going to be victorious and you are going to receive that promised blessing from the Lord. Again, let us remember another old familiar scripture that says to us, no weapon formed against you will prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and our righteousness is from God. That is what the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah. Today, at the end of this message here, I want you to be encouraged that when life seems unfair, you have the Lord. You have the Almighty, the one who will make crooked places straight. So depend on him. Depend on the one that stands unshaken amidst a crashing world. Amen. 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 Amen.